This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, our introductory show tonight features our Grindhouse Pizzeria, which is dedicated to all things Grindhouse and exploitation. Whether it's extra cheesy or loaded with meat, you'll always get a belly full of hot, nasty goodness. Come on in, pull up a chair and grab you a slice. Linda Githens, age 22. Valerie Hoffman, age 24. Mary Ann Stevens, age 21. They are all victims of the toolbox murders. The toolbox murders. A true story. Rated R. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration and our Grindhouse Pizzeria. The pizza ovens are fired up and we got some hot, tasty, cheesy goodness ready to go for you. And this evening we are going to be talking about a pretty heavy hitter in the Grindhouse exploitation scene. We are doing Toolbox Murders, the original, the OG from 1978, directed by Dennis Donnelly. And joining me as usual is my usual co-host and cohort in crime, Tommy K, Tom Commissar. How the hell you doing, man? We're doing great, Cam. We're doing great. And ready to rock on this one, man. Loves the Toolbox Murders, 1978, baby. Yeah, are you recovered? I know you just got back from seeing the the great and mighty Kiss uh, in concert. Oh, yeah. Saw <laughs> Kiss in Dayton, and, and it was great. I love Kiss, and... Uh, yeah, I know. If you Kiss diehard fans, yes, I know. It's not the original Kiss, but to say I've seen the original Kiss four times. This is the uh, the later version of Kiss with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. I don't care. I love Kiss. I'm glad they're still around. They're about done. God dang, you know, you got fucking Gene and Paul are in their 70s. They can't go on forever, but they put on a hell of a show. I had a great time. I took my daughter and we went there and had a blast. And I'll tell you what, they put on a great show and and to all the naysayers who, you know, can only love the original. I love the original, dude. I mean, I, in my first concert was 77, Kiss Alive 2, L.A. Forum. So don't tell me about, you know, how you, much you love Kiss. I love Kiss, and you know what? I love them now. And I'm glad you're a card, card-carrying I, member of the Kiss Army, right? You got it. And I'm going to be, and I'm going <laughs> to miss them. I'm going to miss them when they're gone. I'm, they put on a great show, and, you know, and uh, I we had a blast. We had an absolute blast. And, yes, oh, my, I'm, recovered. I'm recovered. I'm recovered. Uh, as well, my ears aren't recovered. They're still they're still ringing pretty loud. They ring a lot anyway from my own uh, Marshall uh, hundred watt cabinet over the years. But uh, 
but uh they uh but yeah and we had yeah, as they say if it's too uh, it's too loud then you're too fucking old right right i'm not too old yet there's a lot of old old timers there there's a lot of, and a lot of young kids too there was a lot of a lot of young kids there it was it was a good it, people were having a ball we had a we had a blast it was great awesome awesome well, i'm a tad bit envious i've only gotten to see uh, kiss once and that was in the early 90s it was the non-makeup years i got to see them right. do a, a actually pretty small like intimate show it was them and david lee roth do, uh as the opener it was a really oh, right weird, on. Yeah, yeah. weird show cool. but uh yeah i got to see him once so like I, I consider that you know i can check that off the you know on my box to b- right. bucket list right. but okay all right enough about kiss we here are here to talk about some toolbox murder starring the yes, camera the one and only Cameron Mitchell. Now, I may have mentioned this on the show. I know I've told you this story, but for those uh, the folks at home, I have a special connection to Cameron Mitchell. Uh, my, when I was uh, being conceived, you know, and they found out that you know, my parents found out they were having a boy, my father, who I, I don't know very well. I've never got to know him uh, very well, but apparently he was a huge Cameron Mitchell fan. Uh, not only from his days of doing a lot of westerns like the High Chaparral and you know working with John Wayne and whatnot, but it was also a fan of his uh, you know later half his career with horror movies and sci-fi flicks. And I was named after Cameron Mitchell, so that's where I got my namesake. All right, well there you so, go. Okay. See. Yeah, it seems befitting that, you know, after doing this show for almost a t- solid two years now that we finally do a Cameron Mitchell flick, and this is the one. Yeah, he's great, man, in this thing, and dang, we're right on, it's cool to know that, that that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's, right. he's a fucking maniac in this movie. <laughs> uh, he is, he is, he's, 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 he, he turned up the creep factor real good, <laughs> man, he's, he's, he's fucking great in this, he really is. Yeah, I kind of like wonder if half the time he was either just really, really amped up because he you know, he was always so sweaty, always so so sweaty. But oh yeah, <laughs> like, like damn dude, are you on, like on the verge of having a stroke or something, or is it just you know did they spritz you beforehand? What's going on? Well, I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but speaking like him and his demeanor in this thing, that <laughs> we'll talk about this scene a little bit later. But when he's in the one bedroom scene where he's talking to. Uh, the the one female character uh, who he's got uh, captive uh, when he's sucking on that lollipop and he's pulling it out of his mouth like like real slurpy <laughs> oh, man it's so it's like oh that's so gross but it's great because it's like great. it's like just part of the character like this guy you know he's just like talking and slurping on this thing it's like it's oh just, it's so oh, gross oh. and the sound effect is like <laughs> it's like you know you're like oh fuck that's so disgusting but it's great you know it's perfect it works for the character it does you know exactly uh before we get get too far into this let me give uh, the folks at home the quick imdb synopsis and then we'll uh, start tearing into this one right on all right the toolbox murders 1978 is as follows a ski mass maniac kills apartment complex tenants with the contents of a toolbox and that's that's pretty much the certain skinny of it. I mean, that's about it. Yeah, that's it, folks. Thanks. That's that's our movie. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, we'll be here next week. With I feel like this movie is is a lot deeper than that. But you know that that is the gist of what's just beneath the surface. It's got but, a backstory, but it's not like major. And yeah, it's pretty much the simplicity of the story and how good the actual movie came out is what I love about it so much. It's not, you know, you don't have all kinds of crazy shit going on. It's just like, it does have a backstory and you have these kind of weird characters. And then of course, you know, it's a very uh, controlled. 
you know, very controlled story in like a controlled environment. It, it pretty much all takes place in that apartment complex. Like ninety percent right. of it. It's almost like you could almost see this being done as a stage play, the way it's it, it, cast. It, yeah, it's very. It, they've kept it very. Well, it's perfect for like you know indie filmmakers. You think you always think you know use locations, use you know a few locations, and you know not too much going on, but you can tell a big story and you can show a lot. And just using you know it's not you know come up with like you know I have we all do this you know you get that. And then we got the helicopter comes in, you know, and you, you write all this shit. You can write all this stuff, but it's great to just keep And then things, there's a car chase. and then Right, the car chase, and then it blows up, and the guy flies off the pier, and, you know, the pier explodes. You know, but, and we're going to do know, a full yeah. body burn. You know? Right, right, full body burn on page, you know, 72. And uh, wait, But uh, the thing is, uh, well, I, I got to mention this, and I, I, I kind of talked to you about it last night, but I growing up in Los Angeles, it's not uncommon to see locations of your of your city or, or you know it could be your neighborhood or somewhere you know quite well you know or a place that you shop you know or something you know it's it's not uncommon to see it in a movie or see it on TV I used to just do it all the time with the kids and you'd show something and go hey you know that's you know whatever you know and then uh, you know you'd see it all the time it wasn't a big deal but it was cool to see it I hadn't seen this movie uh in this the, the original version in in a long time like decades i mean i don't remember when i saw that but i remember but that's why when you suggested it as usual you knocked it out of the park i was like oh hell yeah man let's yeah this is yes mm -hmm. yes i have my hand raised yes let's do this <laughs> and you know and i'm watching it and i'm sh and like right off the bat i about shit my pants i forgot about all this stuff Okay, I'm just gonna want to take all the time talking about this, but just real quick, the movie starts out and it's in the San Fernando Valley. The whole movie is in the San Fernando Valley. That's where I grew up. Okay, and uh, and and uh, I I grew up in Canoga Park, and all the that when it shows the Foster Freeze right in the beginning of the movie, where there's this kind of like somebody in a car and they're driving the Foster Freeze there, the Ralph's Market. That Foster Freeze, I mean, we used to skateboard up there and get ice creams when we were little kids. Our mom used to stop by there and treat us and buy us, you know, ice cream on the way home. You could get hamburgers and hot dogs and whatever, you know, one of those places, right? But you'd go up there and and then and then it shows I'm like, oh, that's oh, Foster Freeze, yeah, hell yeah, you know. I'm, I'm remembering yeah. like, you know, I just well, didn't you see those you know, landmarks then. and then just like yeah, and then it's like and then and then even in all the apartments, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, and they show the. Uh, uh, they show the street, like the one where you can see the street sign real good. And I'm like, you know, and different stuff like that. And then like, and then the, some of the apartment buildings and even that house, that one neighborhood, I go, that is right around the corner from my fucking house where I grew up. <laughs> Literally. I can tell you a lot of those, that, that house where they were on and, and, and all that shit, uh, that that I literally I could tell you that I probably trick or treated in that neighborhood when I was a little kid. I mean, it was just one thing oh, after cool. another. Even even the street where they're going down the one car scene we're talking about, where they show the accident thing and that, where all those car things that, and it says Canoga Mercedes. I mean, that's that's right down the street. All these places, and then at the end of the movie, I know I'm jumping, but I'm not. To, when she's walking in this thing, they show the Fallbrook Mall. That's like fucking, I mean, that's like, that's, I mean, it was an outdoor mall then. And, and it was just, you know, you run a thing, we go to Woolworths and, you know, Sears. <clears throat> I remember I bought Love Gun, Kiss Love Gun at Sears. <laughs> I remember, I remember when we went. Come back to Kiss, right? I, I remember that Sears there. And I remember 
buy speaking of kiss buying kiss tickets to to um in, in 1977 that the ticket master there they used to have a ticket master there and that whole thing i was like oh my god they show a market basket you know when they're doing like a drive-by thing they show all these different fucking little stores little markets and that and like i go this is my neighborhood i mean i walked all these things we grew up there that theater that you don't see but that's right on the other side of that building i told you fox theater at the time that was i mean we used to go see our movies there that's where i saw halloween in 78 with my brother, you know, it was like, you know, so it's like, so anyway, this movie, I, it really endeared to me, you know, I was like, oh my God, I loved it even more because I remember now I'm looking, I was like, ah, I just forgot, I didn't, I forgot about all these locations, I'm like, this is, yeah, this is where I grew up, so it's like, and they, it's like they filmed, like, in a four block radius of, like, everywhere I, I've gone, <laughs> you know, it's like everything, everything, my whole, my world was Real in that movie, grounds. it was all, it was all, like, a seriously, like, literally, just like uh, 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 um, in that little, just just a bunch of few, just a few blocks and around each other. It looks like they just did everything right there, you know. And then they used the apartments, the actual things, the, you know, and then the house, you know, locations and stuff like that. It was just so. Anyway, whatever. I just, I, it was just blowing me away how much of that, you know. Sometimes you see something, but I mean, it was like this whole fucking movie was filmed there, and I was probably they probably filmed it what seventy seven. It came out seventy eight. Right, so right. I was, I was you like thirteen. Were probably around, you were around the yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, right, exactly. They were filming right down the street while I was, you know, fucking probably listening to Kiss in my bedroom. <laughs> so anyway, you're probably like I just yeah, this kid, this kid a block away is fucking up our takes because he's yeah, 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 he keeps <laughs> blasting Kiss, you know. But anyway, whatever, man. I just thought I'd bring that up. I just it was like That's it really. Cool. That's cool. It's though. really when you see that much of your neighborhood in a movie. It really was just like I was like I was like oh god man decades later I'm like oh god that's my fucking stomping grounds man that's I was a little kid there I used to go to Rouse I used to buy the the Monster magazine and their magazine they used to sell Monster remember that Monster yeah, yeah. stuff like that and all that stuff and get all and all those you know the film the Monsters of Filmland in magazines I mean that's where I used to get all that stuff from right there all the original Monster magazines that was that was where I bought all my magazines they had. So anyway, whatever, man. I just wanted to talk about that. So we can get into the movie now. But I just like I was like I, that's why I just like was so attached to this. But I was like, oh god. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's got to be one they hell just, of a nostalgia bomb, you know. Yeah, it was. It, I rode totally. my bike there. I, you know, I rode yeah. my skateboard there. Yeah, I used to hang out there all summer long. We'd go there all the time, get get a, get sodas and that there, and hang out on our skateboards and shit, and just or our bikes, you know, or walk, you know. So anyway, that's cool. That was that's it. Was cool. Just cool. Yeah. It was I wish fun. I. I wish I had a connection like that to this movie, but I was two years old at the time when it came out. So, well, hey, you're married after you're named after the main character, so you got me beat. Yeah, that's true. I got <laughs> I, I do got somewhat of a connection. Right. That's why I always say like you're named after people, the toolbox murder. Right. <laughs> well, I always uh, you know, will we'll tell people that you know, every well, once in a while, I'll bring it up that I was named after Cameron Mitchell, and they're like, oh, what a you know cheesy actor, but like he was good. He was, he was good, good. When, you know. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he might have been like in his like latter years, he might have been phoning it in quite a bit. But you know, when you hit your seventies or your eighties, you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> come right. on, you've you've done it all, you've seen it all. But like, I love me Cameron Mitchell, man. He he's a hammy motherfucker, but especially and this once he gets going, once uh, I mean, and we're we're not really ruining a movie here, folks. We're going to be spoiling everything, but the movie is like. You know, closing in on fifty years old. You know, it's it's forty, right. but 44, 40, 
40, yeah, 44 years old. So we're not going to be ruining too much. If you haven't seen it in 44 years, and I don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, but right. It's, <laughs> it's obvious to me, like right from the beginning, when the, we get the first couple kills, that it's uh, Cameron Mitchell killing. Even with that, you know, with that ski mask on that he puts on, you know, it's hard to to miss that big fucking head of his. You know that that right. big fucking, <laughs> that big fucking noggin. It's just like okay, we know Vance Kingsley, the the guy who's the landlord of this place. Like you, you pretty much know from the get go that he's <laughs> the killer. They don't do a really great job in hiding that. But I don't. I don't think. I, I think it was deliberate. I don't think they were really trying to hide it. I, they have a little bit more subterfuge of what comes along at the end. That's the not so much the twist of who's killing the girls, but who's gonna. You know, I guess you could say follow right. in his footsteps. Right, take over the the family business. Yeah. You know, he, he, the, the cool thing of what I really love about this movie, and when I was talking about simplicity, is they didn't like fuck around. They 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 start the show. They're showing a car driving around the valley, as we were just talking about, and then they show like this stop frame thing where, and then you hear the sound effects of an accident, and they show a girl falling out of the car. And she's laying it's a on weird the edit. The, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's cool though, because it's like they didn't really have to show a car wreck or anything. They just there's a car up like on a curb, and then she's like laying on the sidewalk. And so they're they're doing the, they're setting up like somebody a young a young girl had, had died. She died. It looks like she dies on the scene. Uh, and um, and uh, I mean to me, it almost looks like either she was a thrown from the vehicle or like she jumped. Yeah, it's weird. You know? Yeah, they don't really ever kind of like, like ex- explain that, but you know, but they right. don't need. Like, is there some reason she got it? Because she was in the passenger side, she wasn't driving, and, and like the door opens and she just kind of pops out onto the sidewalk, and so you know, like, yeah, you don't really know what what happened there, but anyway, so that so now we're we're in present time. Um, I do have a bit of trivia before we get off into present day. Did you know while they're driving around in the car? Because you know, it'll come out in the wash that it was Vance, you know, Cameron Mitchell's right. character that was driving along. The voice on the radio of the Holy Roller, this you know, spouting fire and brimstone, is Cameron Mitchell. So it's Cameron Mitchell essentially driving around listening to Cameron Mitchell on the radio. Oh. It was him doing a voice. I read that in uh, some Wikipedia stuff that I found. I did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was something really gets you. Yeah, that's like you know, those guys. Yeah, that was pretty good too. That's cool to know that. I did not know that. Yeah, that's. I don't have much in the way of trivia about this movie. I got some behind the scenes stuff, but that's about about the biggest bit of trivia that I have. (laughs) Well, it's cool because they don't. Other than what's kind of setting that up, you don't really. uh, uh, It goes right into it. Like you're in this apartment building. Yeah, it and goes right got, into the first kill, like pretty, like within like what three minutes of the opening. Yeah, and he's got this guy he comes in. It's nighttime, and uh, he's uh, he goes into this first apartment building, and he's got this big toolbox. He just kind of carries in and and kind of walks in this place, and uh, basically he just starts off. You know, he's down there with the thing, and the first lady that opens up the door, she's uh, you know, she's you could tell she's been drinking and she's continuing to drink and she's like in her nightgown or like a robe rather or something. And I guess, you know, she was expecting the handy, the repair guy or something. She's like, I called you last week and didn't show up. Yeah, I, I called you on fucking, Monday and now it's on yeah, Thursday no, that you showed right, up. Right. And, you know, so he just doesn't fuck around. They don't show a face or anything yet or anything. It's just the guy pulls a drill out and puts on one of those big like things that like an auger. 
that drills oh, yeah, like bores those a big like yeah like wood boring type that yeah, yeah. bores the bores a big hole in a two by four or something you know he puts that in all since she stands he stands up and just they got a camera right like a direct shot of just you know him turning that on and then she's like you know it's like ring, 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 you know she's like wait well, you, you know and then he just get you know it's it's cool kill he just gets the started on it. I love the way it's shot because it's really ambiguous angles in editing where every angle is shot over the shoulder or obscuring the killer in such a way that you never see his face. Right. You know, which I thought was an ingenious way to start it off. You know. And uh, I like it's kind of cool because like he just does something weird out of the bat. He grabs her arm and like puts the. Puts the drill like right into her, like you know, on in the inside oh, of the arm know. where the where the arm bends, right at the joint, you know, like yeah, where the, the joint at the elbow. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? And it's like what, uh? you know. And then she's kind of falling all over the place and screaming and getting blood all over the wall. And then you know, basically, also I got to talk about the music in these scenes, these death scenes. Oh, I got cool. several notes about the music. Some well, weird I, musical choices. Well, then you can, I'll let you go ahead and start talking about the music. But basically, there's a record going on in the background. And well, it really sound, it's really sets that music actually kind of brings me back in time because it's obviously it was filmed, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But it really, it really fits that kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But well, it's, it's just, like, it's very folksy kind of music. Right. You know, uh, I didn't write down, like, because I'm not sure, like, who did the song or what was the name of the 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 bands that were but uh, I mean some of the songs I wrote down a few of the titles you know sometimes I feel like a motherless child is the one song right. that Cameron Mitchell <laughs> sings and then um, the songs that are playing are by uh, are sung by George Deaton and the song right. is called Pretty Lady I got everything it takes to be a fool in Carolina in the morning it's very folksy music but it's just it's just very odd choices to play during the, because every time you hear one of these weird songs start up, you just know something bad's going to happen. Yeah. It, it, I got like kind of weird memories. Like I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but, but it was like, when I see that, that uh, record kind of going on and it's almost like a country Western kind of song. Yeah, like a country Western like, folksy kind of thing. And then, you know, the record the like the needle lifting up and going back and then starting over again. And, it's that just like it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like there's like just some weird memories of like that, you know, like 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 just like I don't know, just remembering just old weird shit, and uh, and then you know, and then of course he's still working on her, like he puts the that auger, that bore fucking drill, like into her back, and like he's just fucking like sticking it in and out of her, you know, and it's 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 pretty gruesome, and then uh, he leaves, um, and then is that the scene where we see him first put the mask on? Or is that when he goes to the second build, the second apartment? I think apartment? that's when he goes to the second, because uh, he, he goes straight from the first kill right to the second kill. Like, they're pretty much three kills back to back. Well, I remember he when he, he put the mask on, because I remember, I think it was there, because when he went to the second one, he met, there's a young girl, like, going in, like, a young woman going into her apartment. Isn't that where yeah, she's... Yeah. Uh, I think he's got the mask on in between those two kills, so he must have put right. the mask on at the end. Because uh, I had, like, the first kill, you know, he used the power drill. Second kill, he uses the hammer. And the third kill, he uses the screwdriver. And I think it was probably between the first and second kill that he puts the mask on. And uh, not 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 very well putting on this mask, either. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um you want me to talk about that now? <laughs> no, 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 we'll save that. We'll save we'll that. Save that one. We'll save that one for the end. We'll save that little nugget. 
going along that line though of uh like kind of laughable little scenes the one that one member was telling you earlier and i couldn't remember all of them there is a weird well, there is something kind of weird there i'll bring up uh when that one girl is in there and she walks in and she she sees a silhouette behind the shower curtain and she opens it up and it's like one of her dresses or something hanging on the shower yeah, nozzle yeah yeah and it's funny she turns like it's like she, she turns because she turned the shower on, I guess, and then she realizes that that's her clothes are in there. No, and and then like she steps inside, fully clothed, to like right. to turn the faucet off, you know. To, to why to, she couldn't so, just reached in. She could have just reached in, turned off. She gets in, steps in it just to get herself all wet. And it was well, like, of course, okay. that's the way we needed to get <laughs> the director had to use that as true. a try to get her topless at the you know true. Yeah, get her topless and get her wet beforehand. It was a good, but it was just like funny, like the way to get there was like, you know, you could have just reached and turned the spigot off. But uh, but, uh, but that know, was pretty it's funny. But that was pretty funny. I don't know if that but, was intentional humor, but whether or not it was intentional, I fucking laughed. Yeah, I I got it. Yeah, I I was like that that's yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like, I don't know if they just did it and decided, oh, well, she just got in there. Maybe she, you know, whatever. They just, fuck it, we'll just keep it. It was good, though. It, it worked out It worked out good. Um, but it was cool that, so he gets that, he he basically, you know, it's just it's kind of the same. He just kind of kind of goes on a rampage this first night. Um, he goes in and he uh, he pulls another tool out. Now, the, the second, there's another I forget which one he gets first because there's one girl he gets in there where that that's the one where he kills and then her friend he kills her he takes her outside and he takes a hammer I don't know like whatever reason he takes her outside and lays her down like out like in the hallway out by the steps yeah he, I don't know why he took her out of the apartment yeah. to it was almost like he was gonna walk take her away with her him but then he lays her down and he pulls out a he pulls out a hammer and he finishes her off and leaves a bunch of blood. And then he ends up taking her back in the apartment, lays her down. And then her friend comes over. She's knocking on the door and she comes in and is like, ah, you know, she sees her friend dead and then he's behind the door. And then, so he gets her and then, you know, it's just a slaughter fest, like right from the get go. And they're pretty gruesome. He like takes this like little drill thing and like rams it into her. And, uh, and then it just keeps going. You know, you got, it's like he's walking around from apartment to apartment. There is a really interesting kill that he does. There's this lady that's kind of dancing in the windows and she's kind of like, you know, sexy. She's in her bra. She's kind of like, you know, like, like not really worrying if people can see her. Yeah. I I like showing the contrast going from the the second floor down to the first floor because we got our our Lori character, the kind of the one virtuous teen character of the movie, you know, is just sitting there, on the phone talking to her boyfriend being you know doing anything wrong and it pans down and then the other girl the i guess you could say a woman of ill repute is dancing like half naked in front of a window like i don't care who sees me so right. of course you know you, you will find out later on you know folks that this guy is a like complete religious and sexual zealot and he's just everything you know has to deal with uh you know it's, as he calls it, unnatural acts. <laughs> right, right. Punishing. I think it's uh, it's it's kind of cool they because they kind of mix it up. Is that when you first see the Laurie character, she's with she lives. Uh, that's the next morning though, right? They do the nail gun one. That would happen the night before, correct? Yeah, the night before, right? So this is an interesting scene because they. 
it's really cool because this this kill is they really take their time on it and they show it's uh they take it she's she's in the bathtub and uh she's really enjoying like she's got a cool another cool song on this actually it's on the radio and uh and she's really enjoying uh taking a bath she's by herself and she's just listening and you know it's a lot of to put it eloquently she is uh, enjoying her own company Yes, and and in <laughs> more ways than one, uh, there's it's a lot of you know soapy suds, but you know then you see they you see quite a bit of nudity uh, as far as you know her breasts and that, and then she pretty much yeah she kind of you know gets down there and kind of takes care of business and enjoying herself, and uh, he's just standing there. They they show the door open and you just see these boots. And he's watching her for quite a while, and they and they take their time with this scene. She's like kind of going back and forth, and she's getting, you know, pretty excited, um, and uh, and then finally she realizes he's there, and she gets out and like kind of runs past him and trips. But it's a cool scene because he's got a. Uh, she goes in and she's she's basically she's pretty smart really at first because she looks like she's just gonna kind of like sweet talk him like look. Like, you know, don't just don't do this because he's holding a nail gun. Yeah, and this is an archaic uh, old nail gun, the one you got to yeah, know it's just, one nail at yeah, a time. Yeah, one, one shot at a time, which I don't see that being very productive. But, but you know, it's like he's holding this big, massive, like, nail gun. And so she's, like, trying to, like, talk to him, like, hey, hey, it's, you know, you know, let's let's just talk about this. Hey, and don't do that. No, you know, talking. And it's kind of sad, really, because, you know, she's trying to, like, not talk, like, talk him into not killing her. And then she'll do whatever he wants. On all that stuff, and uh, and then uh, next thing you know, she gets up to run, try to get off him, get away from him, and then you know he fucking nails her with the <laughs> nails her, no pun intended. He nails her with the gun, <laughs> and he gets her with the gun, and uh, and uh, she stumbles back, and then she's kind of well, like on this. He, like, also, we need to mention that he misses the first couple times as yeah. he chases oh. the apartment. He misses yes. her like at least twice. It's almost like shooting like a western, where he's shooting a gun and hitting like the whiskey bottles and stuff. It's like he's shooting these nails. Like one hits like a ceramic pot and it blows the pot up, and then he hits something else. And it's really it's like cool. It's like he's like you know he's like shooting at her and like missing, and uh, and like and the, the stuff it's hitting it's destroying. You know it's like bang. You know and it's kind of like it's filmed really cool. So he kind of gets her backed up against like a hamper or something, and he and he gets her. He's got one already in her belly, and then. Uh, she she almost looks dead. She's just kind of like like looking up at him, kind of like uh, yeah. It's a mortal he, it's a mortal wound, but he gets right one two shot, and then he does the shot right to the head, and then they show the blood kind of splat up on the a picture of her. She's got this picture of her kind of looking sultry and stuff like that, and then it kind of goes away. So that's so that's pretty cool, you know. Right there, it's like you know that he's uh. He's taking that out. Now, where do we go from there? Have we gone to the next? Is that the last one that night? And then we go into the next morning? Well, I think we might have jumped ahead because I think the he had the first three kills, you know, uh, Mrs. Anderson and then the, the two girls, the one girl that was taking a shower and her roommate that shows up. And I think the the scene you were just describing where he kills, uh, the character's name is Deanne. And uh, – but. Between that is when the police show up to investigate the first couple murders. We got Detective uh, Jameson, who is probably the most Ill- ineffectual like police officer ever. He never really quite, you know, gets his <laughs> gets things in a row. If I remember right, uh, 
Tim Donnelly is that actor on that. Throw a yeah. mustache, throw a mustache on in, and he he's he's in Squad Fifty One, isn't he? Emergency Fifty One. Not not know. as one of the main guys, but that I used to watch that movie and that I mean that TV show, and he was like kind of the. He was the guy from one of the other squads. He wasn't the main guys. He wasn't the two guys of the main guys, but he was always kind of the, 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 the kind of the dick. Uh, fire. Oh, he was like, on. A, he, yeah, he was on emergency. Emergency. That's what I meant. Emergency. And just, strangely yeah, he, enough, I just looked up. He passed away just last year in September. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I remember I'm looking at him. I'm going, I know that guy. I like, put a fucking Mark Spitz mustache on him from the 70s. I said that dude was fucking yeah. That dude was told yeah. So he was an emergency. That was Squad Fifty One was their squad. That the other main. He was in another player. show. Um, I looked it up. He was in uh, Hawaii Five O for a couple episodes. Yeah, was, right. Yeah. Uh, Dragnet Sixty Seven and Adam Twelve. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I remember. Yeah. Right. So. Um, but so I love how got... the cops ask all their their questions and everything, and then Vance shows up, all Cameron Mitchell, and he's like. You'll have to forgive me. I can't stand the sight of blood. Then he sits down on the couch right next to the body that's on the right. Floor. It's, like, it's I can't like right away, like if you if you don't know by now that he's the killer, like the cops would have been like, "Oh, this guy," because he's over-explaining shit, you know, and like you know, like people are like, "Yeah, you know, like totally." He's like, totally. Oh, I, I I I vet every uh, person that that comes through here. I you know I have a a strict process for vetting the, uh, you know, the, the tenants and everything. I don't know how anything like this ever could have happened. It's like, dude, if you want to get away with it, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> Cause if any other cops would have been like, dude, that's the guy right here. <laughs> we got him. He's already sitting here. <laughs> but, um, well, we got, and then we, now we're introducing our other characters. Are, they're cool. Well, Lori, that you were talking about. Um, she lives with mom, and mom's kind of out of it. Yeah, Mrs. And Ballard is. I, I put it. She gets the mom of the year award in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. She's like, um, you know, it's like she's laying in bed. I guess they share a room, and she gets up, and mom's like, oh, "I'm gonna make you breakfast." Oh, mom, I gotta go. Mom's still laying there. Okay, I'll make breakfast. Like she's just still laying there. Like I don't know if you don't know if she's drunk or, you know, what what if, happened. If to she's her. hungover or just overtired from work, right? You know? And then her brother, and then her brother, uh, he comes out and he's like, "Oh, what's for dinner?" You know all that stuff. So it's kind of like she's, in, and uh, so you you see, like Lori is probably the the adult in this uh, in this house. Yeah, and uh, she's the youngest and, one of the bunch, but she's the one acting most like an adult. And what he was, that's he was, that was Joey, right? The blonde kid. Right. Right. Is that yeah? So uh, basically, what happens is we we are introduced to Lori. And then pretty much uh, our toolbox murderer shows up again at her house. She's on the phone and she's talking to her boyfriend. And basically, uh, he 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 kidnaps her. Like it looks like he strangles her. And well, yeah, it uh, looks like he's because he's not using like chloroform. He just got his hand closed over her face. I think he just suffocates her, but but just to the point where she gets kind of not knocked unconscious as opposed to right. But one thing I got to mention before this, that that's uh, not so much a what the fuck moment, but it's just an observation I had when she's walking outside of the apartment building. And I actually took a screenshot of this because I was uh, I was so surprised at the the prices when it says furnished apartments, you know, outside the apartment building. 
Yeah. Ba- yeah, bachelor's pad, hundred and twenty seven fifty a month, one bedroom, one seventy a month, or a singles with kitchen for one forty nine right. fifty a month. One forty nine fifty for a, like a one bedroom with, with with a kitchen, like you can't you can't touch like a, a <laughs> I fucking apartment I, out in I guarantee, LA. I guarantee you that 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 apartment building's on Satakoy Avenue. I guarantee you that those apartments are still there, and that they're probably I would guess probably that one bedroom is probably at least two thousand a month. Oh yeah, it's probably, it's probably at least two thousand a month in horrible condition that it's in. Oh yeah, uh, but, furnished, so, I mean, but, but furnished too, and utilities paid. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's probably it probably don't do that anymore. But but yeah, I would say those even those like messed up, dumpy old apartments that have been there forever. They're probably they're probably for a one bedroom or even a studio apartment. It's probably at least two grand, at least. Oh, that's just crazy. Price yeah, inflation, Jesus. The the rent out there is and, and mortgages are insane. You know, it's it's really it's 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 a shame. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I know, I noticed that too. I remember that. I mean, you know, I mean, back then, an average mortgage on a house was like under three hundred bucks a month. It wasn't, you know, but back then too, you know, like minimum wage was probably a dollar or something. I remember right, when, right. I entered, when I when I entered the workforce, uh, fucking, it was like three dollars and thirty five cents for a minimum wage, which wasn't too long after this. You know, I mean, you know, when I first started working. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just cheap. I remember, I remember just real quick story. I remember a friend of mine, uh, his dad got a job at Lytton. And I remember that when he came home, he's all happy he got this job at Lytton. Electri- Lytton was like a, a, a like electronics place or something. And um, I remember he said he got this job. And he's saying his dad, his dad got this job and he's making 10 bucks an hour. And we were like, $10 an hour? That sounded like, you know, like, what is it? <laughs> you guys are. Who do you got to kill? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, really, it's like, you know, you're fucking Rockefellers now, 10 bucks an hour, but shit, you know, that was a big deal, you know, like, yeah, so you see that, but yeah, I, that, I'm glad you brought that up, because I remember that, I remember seeing that, but yeah, shit was, back then, man, shit was cheap, I remember getting, you know, we're not getting down memory lane too much here, I remember you got a $5 bill for a gift, you know, on a birthday card, I was like, ooh, five bucks, you know, yeah, no <laughs> wow, you know, like, all right. I can, I can put this away <laughs> to my next car payment. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna go down and buy a couple of records, and you know, fucking, you know, fucking <laughs> times have changed, brother. Yes, they so, are. So anyway, yeah, what we got? Yeah, yeah sorry, I, I, I kind of made us go off into left field on that one with the the price thing. But no, I'm glad you brought it up because it's kind of like that kind of movie. You know, it's like you know, it's it's like at least to me because I know I'm older and you know I'm one of these now. I'm at that age, you know. We're not getting too ridiculous here, you know. Where it's just like you bring it up, like you see stuff like this, especially you know from your neighbor, and, they, and you remember so much stuff. They go, "Yeah, I was like thirteen or something at this time. Like I remember this stuff, you know." Right, right. <laughs> so I, I can't help it. So when you bring that up, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm being like, oh, he's thinking about all this stuff." So I know I'm sorry for the listeners. Like, all right, shut up. Talk about the movie, you moron. <laughs> but uh, there, there's, leave a off though, or, yeah, but... there's, there's a scene here though, real quick, where she gets kidnapped, and we'll talk about it later. And and I remember that I remember that Pepsi can that gets knocked over. There's this funny. I remember that. I remember when Pepsi cans look like that. And yeah, then I'll me too. That at, I'll leave that at that. And then uh, basically, because at least one hell of a big mess that we'll we'll talk about how that gets tidied up right, later. Right. Now we're basically now the cops are. It's like it's kind of crazy. Mrs. Ballard, 
realizes that her daughter's gone. She's down there. Like, you know, it's like, I remember these apartment when they're showing the apartment things. This is kind of like a really standard setup. The, you know, the, the, the way the stairs were and then all the, the wings. I'm, I had friends of mine that lived in these kind of apartments. And, uh, and uh, so they're, they're discovering bodies is what's happening. And so everybody's freaking out. And then she's looking for her daughter. Any information on my daughter, Lori? Like nobody seems to know, you know, like, well, oh, they're looking at this other body. Well, so it's, it's, it's when, when Joey well, comes, when Joey comes home, he, he finds, you know, the overturned Pepsi can, the fact that the, the chain on the lock is cut in half and Lori's right. homework's all laid out, you know, kind of mid finish taking her notes. He doesn't really like seem to be too concerned. You know what I mean? And even the mom doesn't seem too concerned. Like, you know, first like, Oh, there's a killer loose and you should know where your sister is. And that's it. Go get me a drink. You yeah. Know <laughs> right. It'd be one thing. Like if there wasn't murders and she was that, I'm like, okay, she might be with her boyfriend or she's down at, you know, you know, somewhere with her, one of her friends from school, but there's all these murders are taking place in your building. You should be a little bit more alarmed <laughs> that, right. your daughter, that your daughter is gone. And especially because all these victims are women, you know, and, and it, you know, it's a, it, was, it was a bit, you know, like, you know, you'd be freaking freaking out, but it's kind of. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And by a little bit, you should probably be a lot freaked out. Now, there's something I got to talk about here. Uh, I got to bring this up briefly. Is the re- Why are the cops... Because there's another detective whose name is Detective Cameron or, or Sergeant Cameron, played by Don Diamond. So I kind of had a little laugh there. I'm like, you know, it's Cameron Mitchell. And there's another detective named Cameron. A whole lot of right. Camerons in this movie. But uh, when the sergeant is talking to one of the neighbors, the neighbor is standing right next to the body. They're letting people in. Like when they found the first couple of bodies, they let people in. When they found the body right. of... Uh, of um, uh, of uh deanne they got you know uh killed in her bathroom they're just literally just standing there like right next to the fucking you know body blood everywhere and it's like why are they letting all these random people come in and contaminate in the crime scene well that's so funny yeah there's there's a line there that one of the neighbors he's in there and that's the one girl that's kind of the you know the the one girl with the nail gun that you know it's been Mm -hmm. determined by now that she's a little bit you know you know easy going with the fellas yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And she, she has quite a, and so he talks about. She's got a very being, active social nightlife. Right, and so, you know, he talks about, well, you know, it's like a neighbor, like the nosy old neighbor. He's talking to the cops. He's just kind of, he goes, he's like, yeah, well, you know, these rooms, uh, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty soundproofed. You know, you don't really hear as much, you know, and they're like, you know, implying that she was, you know, could have been having loud sex, but, you know, you wouldn't know it. And then like, and then, and then he brings up like, this guy's been listening. <laughs> right, he, he he he's yeah, he's noticing, and then uh, you know, and then like, and then he's, and then if that wasn't weird enough, he says he's got a line in there. He goes, "I always wonder what this place looks like inside." Like he's just walking around, you know. It's like fuck, she's just been nail gun to death. It's like like the body, you know, like if you took two steps to the left, right, you could right. touch it just right there. That's some there, respect, yo. Right, her dead eyes would be upon you. <laughs> you know, and you're walking around. Like, yeah, I always wonder what this place looked like. You know, like uh, like a typical. You mind if I name. take a picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mind if I uh, just kind of nose around a little bit? You know, like. Uh, oh man, that's. Funny. She's right there. Yeah, that's her. 
she's got nice tits. You know, no, he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. It's just kind of like, yeah, that was probably during the cut scene that they right, just, right, exactly. <laughs> it's just like what the fuck, dude? Like, you know, fuck, she's that's your neighbor. She's been fucking yeah. murdered. Yeah, <laughs> she's been hacked up to death. You know, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so now our 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 sergeant, um, uh, Lieutenant Jameson. He's he, he's the, he thinks he's got it figured out, man. He's got the uh, she's got Lori's brother. They take him downtown uh, or the station, and they're questioning him. And 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 uh, Joey Ballard, uh, the brother, the the blonde kid. He's kind of like, you know, like wow, you know, like it was almost. He's almost kind of smarmy about it. Like, what do you, you know, like you, you know, you, you know, it's almost like yeah. Like, my sister, my sister's missing. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah. What, what do you think I did it? You know, what, what, what am I a suspect? Yeah, he's he's not freaking out. He's handling it very, very. He's got a very smarmy attitude with the cop. Now, he basically leaves. This is kind of interesting because now we're getting into a little bit more of what's what's really going on here behind the, behind the scenes. Because this is probably a good what. 30, 40 minutes into the movie, by the time they you know they they take Joey in for questioning and they kind of yeah. Yeah, they're about there, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, it's not quite halfway through, but we're almost there. So now we got people are just kind of wandering around, and now it's daytime, and we've got, uh, and it looks like I guess he had left the station, but now he's back there, and he opens up the one uh, apartment building, and this is when we see uh, Kent Kingsley. Uh, Kent is uh, we don't know it yet, but he'll he's related to a certain character in here, and that's played by. Uh, Wesley Ewer, is that how you pronounce it? Ewer? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of, uh, he kind of looks like Greg Brady. Like if you're like my age, like you've probably, and you've seen a bunch of shows. He was, I remember seeing this guy in a bunch of stuff. Uh, but he's kind of great. He kind of looks like a. Like he a, was on, uh, he was on Days of Our Lives for like. Yeah, he's been. Quite a few right, years. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just see him and you, he's just one of these guys you know, you've seen him like in a bunch of stuff. I, you know, but uh, but he was a big star on the Land of the Lost, and I actually read a review of this, and he said, uh, and, and not a review, but a behind the scenes interview with this, that he took this show basically or took the movie Toolbox Murders because he wanted to play a different kind of character than somebody that was running around from right, you know, lizards and crocodiles Holly, and right, like Holly, uh, but um, but uh, so anyway, he's so he's he's basically he's looking out the window. Uh, of this apartment building, and Joey comes in, and he's, he, you wonder what he's looking at. He's kind of he's didn't really turn around right away. And well, first you, see, you don't uh, even really know who he is. He opens the door right. to the, the apartment. Joey does, and the guy's just standing there, and it's like, who the fuck is this? Right. And so he starts talking to him, and uh, next thing you know, they're talking about you know what went on in the apartment, and then you see like, uh, yeah, this is one of the bodies. This is what happened right here. And they look down, and you see this carpet, and it's like. They've got like a drawing, like around like the body, you know, like where you would have. This is where the lady, the first murder happened when the yeah. uh, lady got. And um, and uh, it's funny because there's like blood all over this, and it's like tons of shit like all over this apartment. And you see the handprints where she was like running around touching everything. So basically, uh, uh, and the glass where she smashed the bottle, and uh, but that carpet is funny because you know they put that there probably to keep blood off the real carpet. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and so you know because it doesn't look, it look like so much like a throw rug. It looked like they had right. a cut, you know, like a cut off section right. of carpet. Off, that they just... Which, which I, which I did one time in the first one of the first things I ever did. We we went and bought <laughs> like this piece of 
carpet that looked like a, it was like a throw rug. We laid that down and had our, our had our person lay there with the blood all over that, so we could, we could just throw that out. And Dan did that too. We did that in the house of horse thing. We actually got a piece of remnant. Got to protect carpet. that original carpeting. It man. laid that all it like kind of almost covered his whole bedroom so we could get blood all over the place and you know because judy's like you know you better not you know, get blood on my carpet oh yeah so, judy kicked that ass yeah yeah but anyway so we find out that uh, that uh basically they, they he they clean these apartments he gets paid to clean these apartments after these after after you know he whatever and they well, go I got to, the idea that he was kind of like a maintenance guy that he like cleaned right. the apartments between tenants, and now right. since the tenants are are dead, he's definitely got to clean the apartments. Right, he's got more to do, and this is when we first they he he goes with him. They're kind of doing a lot of wandering around these apartments, they're just looking at shit, and it's kind of creepy. And then well, uh, I gotta mention something like I suspected Kent right from the get go, like first time I saw this, that something was up with him. Because he's acting all very cagey from the get-go. It's very convenient timing that he just pops up, you know, 40-some-odd minutes into this movie. And he's asking far too many questions, like, what happened to Lori? You know, where is she? And, you know, he's poking right. around at the blood, trying to... Yeah, he's, like, pulling a Dexter. He's like, oh, from the trajectory of this, you know, nail, the guy must have been standing right here. And look at the blood. And, you know, he... Right. He, this was not, you know, splattered. This was him walking. This was bloody footprints. And he's... Sticking his fingers in the blood, and it's funny because later on, when they're in the the one apartment for, I think it's uh, the Deanne's character and Joey finds uh, a dildo. Oh, he finds a dildo and he throws it at him, and he gets and, all uh, gross. It's like that's disgusting, and I made a note like, like no, no, Kent, that's called self care. We all do it. We all right. He gets grossed out by the dildo, but he's sticking his fingers in the blood. He pulls on the floor. You know? Right, they're touching. They're touching a lot of blood and doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, you know, that didn't gross you out, dude. Yeah, you know, like that didn't gross you out. You think you're protesting a little bit too much, right? <laughs> and uh, so it's pretty cool because this is where they go to. Um, uh, oh wait a minute, no, we we haven't seen before that. What happens? Uh, don't they? Show, yeah, they show they show their mom, Lori's mom, Mrs. Uh, Ballard, Jo, uh, was a Joanne, Joanne. Oh, they go uh, um, um, Mrs. Ballard. Uh, Mrs. I think, Ballard. I think, uh, I think jo- it is yeah, Joanne. Joanne. She goes to well, the bar. Netta, she works. Her name, her the actress's name is Netta Corsat. Yes. And uh, but yeah, she plays Joanne Ballard. But I think after the the scenes of them going around to the apartments, it shows her at work, like she's kind of like a cocktail waitress. Now, I remember. <clears throat> I remember these bars that look like this, even though I was too young to be in them. I ended up in them quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> because uh, my mom hung out with a lot of country western folk, and they were big drinkers. And a lot of times, when they were playing, not she wasn't in the band, but friends were playing, and they'd let they'd let her bring me in and watch the guitar players and watch them play. So I, 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 these bars are, you know, they, they were pretty heavy drinking going on back then. And, uh, you know, that was part of just being me growing up. And I see that bar and I go, man, this is, this reminds me just like that. You know, you'd be, you know, you know, fucking everybody drinking and shit. And we'd watch these country <laughs> bands. I was always watching these old country bands, old country western bands playing. And Where every, everybody cool. in them looked like Merle Haggard. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, she had a friend of hers 
I forget his name, old timer, real quick. He had an old Fender Telecaster, and he was friends with Leo Fender. And he told me this old, I was hanging out with him one night, old timer, man, really good guitar player. And he was like, yeah, me and Leo, he's talking about all the times he used to get drunk with Leo and they used to get arrested. <laughs> and, and Leo Fender, for those of you know, you all know Leo Fender, he came up with the Fender guitars. And uh, he had, he showed me this Telecaster and he told me this is the third Telecaster production ever made. And it was this old Telecaster, Fender Telecaster, that he let me play. And he said he got it as a gift from Leo. Leo gave it to him as a gift back then, back in the oh, what, nice. late, like late 50s or whatever the fuck they started making them. So if that's true, I played one of the first ones ever produced. And this thing looked oh, like he, cool. this thing was like just, it, it, was, it, was, it was just, you know, you see these ones now called Relic where they look like they, they make them look aged. No, this fucking, this whole guitar was well played and well aged. And <laughs> well used. This man, this man had used, played this guitar like probably, you know, fucking 12 hours a day. And uh, it was a beautiful guitar. And he let, I had the honor of playing it. So God bless you, dude. I can't remember your name now, but you were an old timer and you were a very sweet man. And that was cool playing that guitar, man. And hearing those all the stories of him and Leo getting drunk and getting in trouble and getting thrown into jail. And <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, I a met little some, drunk and disorderly. Yeah, I met, so anyway, that bar kind of reminded me of that shit, you know, like back then, you know, just the, those crazy days of the seventies. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so now we're, now we're back uh, where they go to, uh, they go to the, he's going to go to his uncle's house. And of course the uncle happens to be, uh, happens to be uh, our man, Vance Kingsley, uh, played by Cameron Mitchell, and they're at. They go to this house, and when they turn on the, if you ever watch the movie, and they turn on that street, it says Chase Place. That is yeah. that that literally is down the street from where I grew up. That neighborhood was one of them. I said I told you I probably trick or treated in that neighborhood. I probably walked past that house. <laughs> I'm telling you. And uh, I saw that and I about died. <laughs> yeah, because I remember about- that. Sh- that's the shot where they showed the chase. Uh- Chase Place Avenue or Chase Place yeah. Street, and the, they got that wonderful crane shot where it kind of cranes down from in between the tree ban- branches and moves down. It almost like reminds you of like the opening shots of Haddonfield, right? And yeah, yeah it, it, it's exactly like that. It reminded me of that, but I saw that and I went, "Oh my god, oh my!" So anyway, yeah, that's that's literally like like right down the street. So, um, well, anyway, this is a pretty cool scene because this is where we first find out. Because as we determined before, Vance Kingsley uh, is the landlord of those apartment buildings where all those murders. But this is where he actually lives. And he lives in this cool little uh, neighborhood in the valley. And they go through, there's a, the garage door is closed, but they got a door that's built into it. So you can just open the door up and walk in without opening the whole garage. And it's basically like a workroom, you know, it's like, oh, God, it's the tools and shit. It's like something, you know, like a lot of people had and still do, you know, just a work. Handy place to keep a toolbox, right? Right. Handy bread. Exactly. And it's funny because they they open the door, open the door and you see, you see Vance sitting there in that same kind of camo 
camo green shirt he's wearing the whole movie it seems like and uh he's 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 and he's talking to uh he's talking to kent his his nephew and uh so this is where they find out you know they're going to get more cleaning supplies and paint yeah and, yep, uh, and, and, and then he kind of says joe joey's going to help him out so vance kind of gives uh him a him and uh he gives uh 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 kent kent that's it i'm sorry Gives Kent no some a couple a couple of twenties, so it's like, yes, he's. I told you to take care of us, you know. So he's got they got forty big ones, and they're gonna go paint these apartments. So they're they're getting paint in that, and uh, and supplies, and this is what we kind of see, like in the background. I think uh, it might be at the end of the shot where we see the toolbox laying there, and then we all you know we all know what's going on. Oh yeah, we knew what was going on beforehand, but when right, we see but, the toolboxes. But, but we really point. know what's going on. It, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like there's no there's no doubt. Uh, it's pretty cool. Now they go back to uh, uh, Vance, and he's in the kitchen, and and only oh, these houses just like were so exactly like. They, I mean, you know, of course it was filmed back then, but it's like what a time machine, you know? I'm like, oh my god, I remember the exact kitchen layout and those stoves. And uh, but anyway, so he's making a sandwich. And, uh, and, and so this is kind of like, this is kind of creepyville. This is where we first kind of see, uh, what's happening. Uh, the boys leave and they go out to the car and he's looking out the window and they're, they're, he puts the top down on this MG and they're throwing all the, all the paint stuff. So now we see, um, where we go. Oh, he brings a sandwich in on a little tray with some milk. And we see like a shot of, uh, like a girl, it's which is turns out to be his daughter, and it pull and it pulls back, and then we see a bed where we see Lori tied up to the bed, and tied uh, I think up you had some stuff just, to say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> tied up with some very thin, flimsy-looking ribbon that looks like you could you could break it if you breathed on it wrong, right? <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's just a little questionable, like like. Listen, like you know, this guy's got uh, this whole room filled with tools and everything. He could have got some rope or some chain or something. But right. Like, he wasn't really trying too hard to, uh, you know what I mean, to uh, restrain her. But she does a great job of being terrified. Like uh, Pamela yeah. Ferton, who plays Lori, like her eyes are really like bloodshot. Like she's got legit tears rolling down her cheeks. She looks legit fucking terrified. And with some of the crazy shit that uh, Cameron Mitchell, that Mr. Vance, starts saying, you would be as, as equally uh, terrified of this guy, too. Like, his speech, yeah. you know, I didn't write a bunch of any of it down. But the two words, uh, the, the two things I wrote down that he did say is like, oh, there was no suffering. There was no suffering whatsoever, you know, when he starts talking about the ladies that he killed. And he just kept, when he starts going on the rant, he keeps saying, unnatural. It's unnatural. Yeah, it's like, but okay, but like, what was, but the one line that really kind of tripped me out because you'd never say this to a girl, even if you thought it, you would never say this. He's trying to be all nice to her. He's brushing her hair, and he talks about his daughter real quick, and then he looks at her. And he goes, "She was much prettier than you." And I thought I was like, "Wow, that's weird. Like, why would you even say that?" But it it showed like the psyche of like, like what a like. Like, you know what I mean? He's being all nice, and then he says something shitty like that. You're like, what's going on behind this guy's eyes? Like, you would say, like, he says that line. I thought that, for some reason, about all the weird shit, I thought that was really weird to say. And I, and, uh, and then oh, that's the creepiest when, part was when he ends it off when he's like crying and he, you know, and 
he, once he gets past all this, the creepy stuff with the the lollipop that, that is just very, very weird. But he, <laughs> when he straight up asks her, he's like, you know, did it hurt? Did it hurt when you died? And oh my God, it's like such a haunting thing because like he's projecting, you know, upon this Lori that she's his dead daughter, Kathy. You know, right. and I think he's teetering on that edge of actually believing it, you know, because he's like, oh, but my daughter was much prettier than you. But like he believes that she is the daughter. But when he asked her, like, did it hurt when you died and where you came from? I mean, like she does. Lori is either, as I've said in like movies like this, she's either gone full blown like dipsy doodle crazy or she's doing very well playing, you know, playing off really well. Like, I think the, she's just smart. She could read it. Yeah. Yeah, she like, could like she just knew was... because she goes right into when she calls him daddy and it turns around. She was just like, like, I'm going to like, I'm going to talk my way out of this. You know, like I'm going to convince him I'm his real daughter. Like when he talks about like when he's she she can see everybody, but she can't. You know, she's right in the room with you, but she can't. Like she's you know, she's talking about like like what a ghost or like a dead person would see if they were if they were, could see you. And, you know, and it's like, you know, she's. It's really cool because it's uh, I don't know if she does that in that scene or the next scene where she gets that heavy like that. But it's it's really good because it's yeah, you see her like she's she's the whole time. She's got this gag in her mouth, but she's just looking at him and she's terrified. You could tell it looks like she's been crying for, you know, a day and a half. Right. And she you probably know, has. Great. And yeah. And she's just looking at him, you know, just like like with this terror in the size. But she's like you could tell it, it's the way she's her acting is great is because She's not like it's it's like she's it's like she's trying to figure him out. Like she's trying to figure out what he she should say. Like, you know, obviously she's terrorized this maniac is is, you know, got her tied up to a bed. You know, right. like that's not bad enough, but now she's trying to think. Like she's trying to think her way out of this. Like, yeah, you know, okay, exactly. what, what she's am I gonna very say? Smart. She's very, right. very and smart. So it's it's really cool. She's great. She's a great character in this. She's really I like the way she was the way she handled herself. And then yeah, he, he does, he Daddy's, does. Daddy, my wrists hurt. And he's just like, yeah, but I've got to tie you back up. I'm sorry, honey. And he gets right, that crazy like, look in his eyes. It's like, oh, no, honey, you're in so much trouble. Right. And uh, so and so even even the whole thing, when he's, she's, he's taking off the the things for her wrist so she can eat the sandwich, and he kisses her wrist because they're all sore. And, you know, just like just the way she's acting, like it's, you know. And just just her mouth, even like this, like she's scared, you know. And it's, it's oh, really she's she fucking terrified. She's, yeah, you, you know, and she really plays it. And then she brings the sandwich over and puts the tray on her bed, and you know, and she and she didn't like refuse to eat it. She picks it up and starts eating it, you know. Like I thought that was kind of cool because it's like most people are like I'm not fuck I'm not eating your food, you fuck. Yeah, but she picks it up like she's gonna play along, and she, she's probably hungry too. I probably I probably need to eat. I probably need some food, you know. So, you know, and uh and so she it you know and it, so I, I thought I thought that whole thing with her, the way she acted was great. And just his scene. And, you know, it's a good it's a pretty long it, it, scene. Yeah, I mean know? the scene and, goes and, on for what, like twelve, thirteen minutes straight of just Cameron Mitchell being crazy. <laughs> it would it would have been cool just to be there and watch that because you know they probably had, you know, obviously in the script, they probably just let him riff, you know, like just, just, just go on, you know, you know what to do. You know, they probably just filmed them like fucking, you know, just, you know, just kind of improvising a little bit. I don't, we oh, don't I'm know. I'm sure that, he but. probably, I, I'd, I'd say it was a good 50 50. I'm probably sh sure half right. of it was written down and they just told him just riff the rest. Just, yeah, just ran. Yeah, they had, they just kept the cameras rolling. 
And she just kind of reaches over and gets the half sandwich. And she's just, you know, he cut it for her. And she's just kind of eating it. And, you know, she tries to take a couple of little bites. And, you know, and then he's kind of getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. It's a good scene. It was, you know. Yeah, I mean, murder, I, like, I bet you that's the reason why Cameron Mitchell did this movie. He got to that scene. And he's like, oh, I got like 12, 13 pages of nothing but a right, straight monologue. Right, like, right, sure, right. I'm going to do it. I've got my victim, you know, my kidnap victim here, and I get to like do this whole monologue. Like, you know, he doesn't, you know, it's just him, really. You know, right. I mean, she's doing her acting, but I mean, he gets to just take role and do his lines. You know, that's a, I bet that was a fun scene to do. But then it yeah, cuts so. to what I find to be the. This is the weirdest scene in the movie, at least as far as I'm concerned. You know, Lieutenant Jameson or Sergeant Dave Jameson, I can't remember. We'll just call him Detective. I can't remember what he was. If Lieutenant. Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Okay. yeah, that's it, yeah. But Jameson shows up, you know, he's kind of hit a dead end, so he shows up at the at that bar. Yes, that, I know where you're going with is, it. Yeah, the, that he's working at, and he asks, you know, he asks the mom a bunch of weird questions, like, you know, does she flirt girls get around today and a little bit more, you know, he's like, you know, has she got a boyfriend that she's fooling around with? And then he makes this weird segue into... Maybe you and I, you and I can just uh, you know maybe we could uh, and then she just looks at him and he's like no no we we can't he, like he, right. he segues it from asking questions about the daughter to trying to put the moves on the mom yeah like we we need to get together I think he says that or something yeah. like that like you know and it's almost like no no She's you just you like it. no <laughs> like you know dude no <laughs> like i can't believe you went there dude that's like so right. low class man what the yeah hell? now maybe now maybe he didn't mean to do that and it was just the way it was written but that's the way we i took it too i was like yeah. he's hitting on the mom like, like let's hook up you know yeah i don't but, i don't know maybe they didn't intend it that way but that's certainly the way that it's, that's how uh, i took it yeah that's like, how I maybe took we, it too. like maybe i can pick you up after work you know or you know because he says i'm gonna get off in an hour you know or whatever the fuck it was, and then we got you know, like he's yeah. So it's 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 it was it was pretty cringy. <laughs> it's like, dude, I thought I had no 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 game right. whatsoever. This guy got zero, man. I'm like, what the I mean, hell? Right. I mean, I used to go to funerals and pick up chicks all the time, but this was kind of weird. No. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, oh, right, yeah, so, yeah, the weird 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 fucking scene there. Weird scene. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, oh, there's a weird scene. This is kind of there's a we uh, there's a scene. Another weird thing that was kind of that was kind of weird. It's a nighttime scene where oh I know where you're going. I think yeah. Where she's uh, Lori's obviously still tied up, basically in the same position. I guess she doesn't get to go to the bathroom, and she's like basically just sitting there. And then we got uh, Kent. Kent comes rolling back in, and. Uh, and uh, he goes up to the back window, and, and that's uh, overlooking and, the bedroom where she's at. Yeah, yeah. overlooking the bedroom, and but there's like a frilly curtain kind of covering up the the bottom to up to about the two thirds of the window. And he's just kind of looking in, and, and then he's kind of, the and then he's tapping on the window, and she can't really turn around. It's like it's almost like, like what are you doing? And she's trying to get out of the uh, of the ribbon. She's like trying to bite <laughs> the ribbon off. You know, she's like biting on this thing, which. But you know, I mean, obviously, you could have got. Oh that. my god! Like, uh, <laughs> I, I think a two-year-old with cerebral palsy could have probably have gotten out. But a guy, I mean, somebody you got to get out of there. But he, but he's tapping on the glass, and then she's like looking, and she can't see him. She's looking up, and she can hear it, and it's kind of like, like, what are you? What the fuck are you doing? You know, but, well, she but does anyway, see him. Does she does see him in oh, the reflection? She does of the, the reflection. 
Yes, yeah, she you're right. See she for sees a him. quick second before. Right. Uh, yeah. Before Vance uh, yeah, comes. Yeah, you're right. I forgot in. about that. She did finally see that, which I thought that was a pretty cool shot. Yeah, that was good photography. It's, yeah. it's like it's like she looks over and then you see this and they kind of, they kind of zoom in on the reflection on the mirror. That's pretty cool. But then he kind of jumps out of the view because uh, old Uncle Vance comes back in. Uh, now it's nighttime now, so he's finally in a different shirt, and he comes in and he's <laughs> he's now this is a weird scene. Um, if you were talking about music, you can explain this one. This is where he comes in. And he basically wants to kind of talk to her a little bit more, but wants to sing her a song. Yeah, and, and this he's is, just keeps going on and on about I feel like a muzzle, motherless child, and basically the same line over and over again. Sometimes that's I the feel song, like a motherless but it's kind child. of yeah, right, right, right. And uh, so he's well, there's also singing. a thing with with the killer would always hum. So when he comes into the room, he's humming, and right. then. I kind of get the idea that they're trying. At least they were trying to project that he was maybe l- drunk, or a little tip. You know, might have been a little tipsy because he's uh, he's sure acting like he is. Yeah, he's, he's he's yeah. It does seem like he's you know yeah that the drunk that won't go away. Like he just yeah, keeps the, walking yeah, in like, like uh, he's almost like, like the drunk literally the drunk uncle who's just like oh god he's going to come in here and tell us more stories again. We didn't right. Ask he's for got this. more. He's got more shit that you know. And then uh, so then. <laughs> Uh, we're going to the next day now, and now it's another. We're back in this apartment where uh, Kent is painting. Joey kind of walks in, and then we see this. This is kind of a weird scene where he's you got the lieutenant. He's 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 got the binoculars and he's looking out a window, and he's basically kind of setting them up, kind of like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Well, you know," he kind of sets up Joey to kind of ask him, "What would you?" You know, it's kind of a weird scene where he's kind of explaining well you know if you had somebody like he was kind of explaining why he's there at the window like kind of casing the joint looking for you know like yeah he's kind of trying to he's trying to get into the mind of the mindset of the killer right he's like maybe he could have learned the habits of his victims you know maybe you know he used binoculars like these to scope things out he's like or maybe he or and then uh i almost think he was trying to trick joey like i don't that's like kind of like you almost like like, like, almost like, like no, almost that's not of, how I did it. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, right, exactly. No, I did it. Like, I, I watched her from my car, you know, or something, you know, something dumb, you know, like, you know, like it almost like it was set up, like he was trying to get Joey to slip up. That's yeah, because Joey is it. obviously our red herring, but he's not a very good red herring. I think we right. already know, like, from <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the previous things that he's not killed. Everybody knows what's going on except Joey and the Lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, everybody except for the right people know what the hell is right. going on. <laughs> so by the time so they're kind of going back and forth and and uh you know it's it's you know they're kind of getting snippy with each other and then you know Kent is just in the background panting and looking and look, you know, he's kind of checking it out. Yeah, he, he's and, looking very uh, suspicious. <laughs> right. And then Lieutenant leaves. And then we've got uh, Joey. They're hanging out. I don't know what happened at this point. Because he, he ends up taking off, and then I think he, I think yeah, he he has a little bit of a conversation with Kent, and then he's just like, "I'm going to go check something out," and he goes, uh, "Well, he kind of Kent says something. I'm like, cool, because I'm just going to finish up here, and that way, like, I almost don't need you. Like, I don't really need you anymore. Plus, then now I won't have to split the money with you. You know, it's kind of like yeah, he's, so to, he's, just, he, he's giving him the brush. Like, he wants to get rid of him." Right, so Joey. So he goes and Joey goes to his mom and gets the car keys to borrow the car, right? Yeah, that's it. 
And yeah, that's exactly what happens. And this is what down. happens when, as he's driving away, he forgot the sh- in the shot as we're yeah. painting with the car. This old like uh, Pontiac or something. I think it was an old Pontiac or Chrysler, big old boat. As he's driving away, the driver doors just starts to swing open, and he just kind of reaches over, slowly closes it and unlocks it. But they just left it in the shot. Yeah, it's funny because you're watching him. Yeah, when he goes to get in it, you can tell he didn't close the door all the way. And they're like, oh, the door doesn't look closed all the way. Like, that's what I thought. You know, I can see it. And he pulls away, the door opens, and he just reaches over and shuts it. And it's like, well, that's what you would do. You would just reach over and shut it. But you Yeah, know, and like, he's supposed to be an awkward teenage kid. So right. It, so it, it's, it's like, it's you know, so here. why? No need to cut it and waste film. Okay, what is, you know, you know the door opened on him, you know. <laughs> So anyway, so now Joey's doing a little investigating. He he's over now. He goes over to uh, Vance Kingsley's house over on Chase Place, and uh, your neighbor. Right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And uh, he's kind of looking around, and he basically just goes back into the garage. He opens up that little small door and and goes through there, and he's kind of nosing around, and uh, he finds the toolbox. Yep. And, oh, and so now he knows. Okay, look at this, and he's looking at it, and then. And then uh, the door opens. And uh, we see Kent. So he's busted. Kent walks in like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing he's in my like, look at this place? Right, what's going on? He's like, look, look at these tools. He goes, look, they got blood on them. You know, and he's showing them. He's like, what? But a drill, some, a drill with some rust on it, you know, so he's playing it off. So it's going to go. I love the creepy you know, scene as he's pulling the, the weapons out, you know, or the tools out, you know. And uh, Kent's got the nail gun pointed. It's like, hey, man, like, don't point that fucking thing Yeah, don't at point me. that at me. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, and it's oh, just oh, like, sorry, man. Like, me thinks the kid protests too much, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, 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 you know, so now it's going south for Joey. You know, it's bad. And, you know, so can't. We can see it. Really. We can see it. Once again, right. it's like the detective and Joey are the only two that don't know what the fuck's going on. But we see right. it. We as the audience know what's coming. And, you know, can't you can tell he's walking around and kind of being snarky. Kind of like, you know, like, ah, what? So, you know, kind of blowing it off. And then he sees there's obviously, I forget what this liquid is. I don't know if it's ever explained, but it's obviously flammable. I think it's like, well, I think it was by all the paint. I think it was probably where maybe, maybe paint thinner acid, or something. Yeah, or paint thinner or acetone that they were cleaning off the brushes in because it looked like yeah, it had that, paint residue in it. Yeah, yeah. It was like, and so he throws that at him, and then he's like, oh, my eyes. And, you know, so Joey's kind of floundering around. And then uh, fucking Kent lights a match. So, you know, it's I love flammable. how he does it, how he flicks it each one. Flicks of it with his finger. Thumb, yeah, with his thumbnail. Like, and he's like, flick. Like I could never do that. Like my dad could do that. My dad could like, like whip it on his leg, on his pants, like like the guys used to do, like the wooden matches, and he light it, or he could do it with his thumb. I I could never do that. I had to have the Me box, strike it on the box. So anyway, he's throwing shit around. He throws a match. And he keeps throwing matches. And this is another funny scene where like Joey is trying to you know save himself, and he's kind of tossing lovingly. These little boxes at Kent, you know, like it's not even like enough to, you know, to kill a fly. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, throwing uh, around a couple. Like, of, like dude, this little... guy, yeah, he's like lobbing like a, you know, like a, like a, like he's throwing a, you know, a cotton it's, ball. It's like, 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 a, like Kent, well, it's like Kent a plastic a, planter. 
It's like a planter, you know, used for transferring seedlings and stuff. And he's just tossing it like, what are you going to yeah. do? What would you do even if you hit him, you know, center mass? It's not going to do anything to Right. Him. It's like this dude's going to light you on fire, dude. You better throw the whole toolbox at him. But he throws a match in the toolbox. Uh, Kent does. So now the whole time the scene's going, the toolbox is on fire. You know, it's like in flames, so which is kind of weird. You're like, what's going on there? And so he's basically, he keeps taunting him with the flames. And Joey's not really fighting back too hard, knowing he's about to be lit on fire. And Kent delivers. Yep, he, he throws, delivers. He, he throws some matches on him. And then he throws Joey's the whole matchbook at him at this point. And, just, and, and so, so fucking, you know, Joey's now is in flames. Now, this is kind of funny. Now, it cuts back to the bedroom. <coughs> and, and now, you know, that it's uh, next day. And uh, Vance, is, he's in a different shirt, finally. Again, another one. And... Uh, and he's there talking to her, and he's got this old little baby doll in his hand, like like looks like one of those old ones with a porcelain face or something. And he's he's got this like little doll, and he's holding. And in the background, you can hear Joey screaming. Yes, ah! right. ah! yeah, it's very faint, but you can definitely hear it. But she's hearing it, but not reacting. And he's he can hear it too, and he's not reacting. Vance is going, "Oh yeah, it's just the kids. Ah, you know, the kids sometimes kids scream when they play." You know, yep, something yep. like that, you know, and he just kind of ignores it, you know, and that's her brother being, you know, fucking burnt to a crisp. And uh, so yeah, it's like, those are just the children. They're playing. Sometimes they scream a lot all over on the weekends. Right. And he does. it's not like he even looks the, the, toward the noise like he can hear it, too. And he just knows what to tell her. You know, he just kind of rolls in it like a the psychopath that he is, the sociopath or whatever. And uh, so he's basically just more of the same he's kind of talking weird shit to her Her face is you know fucking her mouth is uh gagged and she's terrified of course still and he's got this doll and he's like doing you know showing her this doll and talking about his daughter and kind of and uh yeah, being she, ultra creepy right you know it's just more more of that more creepiness and then we got uh uh kent finally comes in that and and so She's under the impression that Kent's like there to help her. And so can they yeah. just, he says some shit about Kathy, because that's that's your that's your cousin. And you know, you always took care of her and stuff. And then he starts saying weird shit like, Well, me and Kathy, every place we got, every place we could get alone, I made love to her. I made love to her and all that stuff. So and we so were together, you know, and all this stuff. And, and like so, it's really fucking bad. It's like really creepy. And like you know, so now Vance is like, you know, like finally he realizes that this shit. He you know he's been, you know, his own cousin, his nephew, his nephew, yeah, his nephew has been you know tapping his his daughter. And so fucking it's bad. So they're having that thing, and he's he's fucking freaking out about all that shit. So obviously he's chasing him around the house. And they get into the kitchen. They have like a little, like a, like a little, like square off. And then there's a knife that he uses. The, you know, it's always seems to be around where he's. That's where he's cutting the sandwiches up and that. And it's there. Yeah, very convenient. Everybody uses a Michael Myers specialty uh, right. butcher knife to make a peanut butter and jelly. Exactly. And then you know, lick the peanut butter off. And then yeah. you, and he grabs a hold of it. Uh, Kent does. And they kind of get into it. And he stabs his, the hand that he's that Vance is holding the doll with. So you cut. You don't really see exactly where it went, but it's like it's you got blood all over the doll, 
Yeah, at least, you know, it cut cut his hand up pretty good, probably. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. I mean, it's bad. And then I think it cut the doll's head off, doesn't it, at that point? Yeah, he's So they're still getting... Because he, he, uh, Kent, after he, yeah. So they're still getting into their fight. And I guess, uh, if I remember, Vance comes in for, like, for the kill, like, to get him. And Kent is still holding the knife, and he kind of walks into the knife. And then Kent just basically finishes the job. And uh, Vance just. Well, dropped. I'd also got to make a point, like here, like Cameron Mitchell was so sweaty in this, like, oh, I, yeah, like he was just like, uh, they, did they, you know, give him the ice bucket challenge over his head right before they cut to this shot? I can tell just, you, depending on when they filmed it, if they had to have the AC off, the valley gets very hot in the summer. Valley gets very hot. That could have been that house could have been hot as fuck, and you know and. And you know the the kid being a kid, he probably had a better you know, you know he could probably yeah. handle it more. But you know, being older, you know maybe Cameron Mitchell was fucking like really sweating. You know, because <laughs> he, they he got, was really, they got, he I was literally you, dying. <laughs> if, they, if they shot that in the summertime, he was literally sweating his balls off. I, I can attest to that. So again, so he's so now he's dead. He's laying there, and um, he has that creepy part where he recites what. Uh, Lori had told him when, because he asked her at one point much earlier on, and he's like, where it was like where she came from being dead. And she said, everything's right. purple. And as he's sitting there dying, you know, bleeding to death, and he's like, you're right, Kathy, it is purple. It's so purple. And then, boom, he dies. I thought that right. was very, very creepy. That was very creepy. Now, this is pretty cool what, what Kent does. He gets the doll, and he washes the doll out of the sink, and, uh, and, and uh, he magically that blood didn't stain the dress. <laughs> That's a good dog. Nope, up not clean. at all. So he, he cleans the dog, which is pretty he's t- pretty weird. And I remember the weird thing too. He picks the shoes up out of the sink and like lays them like on the counter, and then like sets the doll up. It's like kind of weird. It's kind of like that's puts kind of the a, head back on it that he had. Broken yeah, puts the head up right and just kind of like like kind of positions and sets the doll down i thought it was kind of cool that, that they took a moment to do that i thought that was kind of cool like it means something like even to him even right, if he's right. a shithead like like there was a reason to do all that like clean the doll up i thought it know, was really funny though right this is backtracking a little bit but when kent comes into the room and vance is kneeling over lori and he's like uncle vance what have you done and it's like wait wait, wait a minute you just said her brother on fire and burned him alive right. in the basement. Uh, you... yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why being so judgy, man? Uh, yeah. But this is pretty, this is a cool scene because this is pretty freaky because now she can hear all this going on and she's still tied up and they're kind of close. They're kind of zooming in slowly on her mm-hmm. and she's just kind of sitting there like listening. And then he comes in and she's relieved like, Oh, you know, this is, this is Kent. Like yeah, he's, he's going to tire. He's gonna tire, you know. It's all good. They close up on her face. He comes walking in, and and it's like, oh my god, it's over. Fuck, you know. Thank you, you know. And then you know, you saved me. I'm free. I'm free. And then you know, he's kind of. And yeah, then he gets he, he, he gets being, a pair of scissors. Creeperish. Yeah, it's, it gets real like they don't, yeah. So he cuts the, you know, he, he cuts the, uh, the, the <coughs> all the ribbons, off, that are the ribbons and stuff and all the crap and uh, and. Uh, and kind of frees her, but not all the way. He doesn't take the run ribbon that's off around her, uh, the one that's around her midsection. That's kind of still there for some reason. It doesn't really do anything. Cuts the stuff around her ankles off, like basically frees her. 
And then, uh, except for the one ribbon that kind of goes around her waist that could easily be taken off. <laughs> like, I feel and, uh, like all you could do is just lean forward and that thing would snap. So this is the creeper moment. Now, they don't, to, just to let you know, if you haven't seen this, they don't really show anything. So it's not, you know, if you're, if you're freaked out about that. But he does, like, start to kiss her, and then he leans her back, and then she's screaming, no, no, no. And basically, they don't show anything, but, you know, he, he you know, yeah, raped he, he raped He raped her. Right, yeah. I mean, I so, think it's, it's they handled. They don't show any of that, but, but it, it was, yeah, it was handled as good as you could do it. But it's like, she's crying. It's, it's, there's a, it's, a, it fades, it's a fucking it sick scene. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's not very, you know, gra- graphic. He's just, he kisses her, he starts to caress her hair, and then it kind of fades to the the next day, you know, or later right. on. And I think it's later on that night, or like through the night, because, He yeah. starts talking real crazy, he's like, we're married now, this is what it's like to be an adult and be married, right? And What, what they're laying, they're laying in bed, he's got her shirt off, and she's just kind of like turned the other way, almost like in a in like a fetal position like her legs are bent she's kind of laying laying her and then he's right, yeah, like kind of talking about them like you know, being married right exactly would be and like wondering like what's her next move and he's just laying there like yeah you know oh this would be like if we're married and like all this stuff and this is weird ass shit cool scene here is she looks over and that pair of scissors from earlier are laying on her nightstand I love how it racks focus because it's like yeah. focus on her face and his face as she slowly turns up and the camera racks focus to those scissors. Right. And and now you're thinking she's going to grab him and you're going to see all this. They don't show the actual killing. They go, they basically, once she realizes those scissors are there, you know he's a goner. But they don't show up. But what they do show is something equally as cool. They go to basically, it's like, it's, it's just going to, it looks like it's, just about to become dawn it's dark out but you can tell it's going to be morning soon but it's still pretty dark and she's in her that nightgown she's been wearing basically the whole three quarters of the movie and it's i think it's a, like a white kind of frilly kind of you know just yeah. a basic nightgown but it's covered in blood and, and she's then got they, those scissors dangling from like one dangling off, off a finger they're kind of swinging back and forth and she's just walking through um, the the parking lot of it looks like like I said the, the the Fallbrook Mall, which is that one I brought up earlier. So she's walking through there, and I'm like, oh my god! And then they freeze frame, and I'll let you I'll let you talk about that with a freeze frame on an explanation. Yeah, I actually had uh, I had taken a screenshot that I brought up. Now I can read the the text in full. It had a little you know pre. End credit text that says the events dramatized in this film actually took place in 1967. Lori Ballard spent 1967 till 1970 in a mental institution. In April of 1974, her mother, Joanne Ballard, was killed in a single car accident. In 1975, Lori Ballard married. She and her husband now have one child and live in California in the San Fernando Valley, approximately four miles from where her brother and Vance and Ken Kingsley died. So it's kind of it's almost like the ending of like uh, almost like almost ending it off like uh, the beginning of like Texas Chainsaw too. It's like listen, right? It's not a happy story. <laughs> Sally Hardesty went nuts, you know, had a right, you know, had some 
had some issues uh, in her life after being brutally, you know, having her, her family members set on fire, being brutally raped and uh, held captive for days by, you know, serial killer kidnappers. I mean, you know, as right. you would. But then it like I, I think it's kind of neat because it pauses for you, just, you know, the pauses on that shot just long enough for you to read, you know, the the text, and then it starts back up and it cranes up in a way as you see her walking across the parking lot, lot to towards the mall in the background, and the credits just roll. Right, <coughs> and that's how and that's how they end it. That's a good. It's a cool ending. Yeah, my my final th- two notes were one, fuck you, Kent, you're you're a scumbag. That's the one, <laughs> <laughs> and that focus pull to the scissors cutting to the parking lot shot was just a wow moment. I thought that was really well done, you know, without having to show her, you know, having because we already we already gotten you know tons of like you know graphic deaths. All they right. had to show was her walking, holding those scissors covered in blood. The implication was there; you knew exactly what happened. Right. I thought it was a perfect way to do that without having to. Yeah, like they could have done that, and of course for. The gore fans in this would have been cool to see, but we did not need to see it at all. I you mean it would have been just? A, I guess I, I just I just I just thought it was just a perfect way to see it. We see her walking; she's free from this nightmare. Even though is she really free? I mean, you know, and after going through all that, but you know, but she's she's she she made it. She and lived. now she and she lived, and that fucker's dead, and her his blood's all over her, and good for her. And yeah. that was fucking. That was a that was a satisfying way to end it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, and before we get into our final thoughts and ratings on this, as we usually do on a rating scale one to ten, we're gonna do a little another little uh, a newer segment we're gonna do here called the extra cheesy moment here at Grindhouse Pizzeria, where we pick one moment that is this uh, either so cheesy or so over the top that we have to talk about it at least once, if not twice. So uh, we each have our own separate uh, extra cheesy moment, and I'll let you go with yours first, Tom. Well, mine is, okay, we don't see Cameron Mitchell's face yet, which, you know, Vance Kingsley character, the killer. We don't see his face yet, but we do see a scene where when he first pulls on that ski mask, and uh, and it's one of those. Now, I know some ski masks could have the eyes one big, long oval, like kind of long, kind of elongated, mm-hmm. low, right? But these are connected in the middle, so there are two separate eye sockets. Okay, <laughs> when, he, when, right. he, when he puts the mask on, and I'm laughing so hard, I'm like, I would have been like, cut, please. I mean, I would have kept it probably just for laughs, but I mean, I would like, okay, put the mask on. Right? He puts it it's sideways, and he puts it on, and then it's it, when he goes on, it's like, and you, even you're thinking, you're like, dude, pull it back over to the. You know, pull it back over to the right a little bit. It's offline. Like your right but eye he, is totally right, covered. right. But he continues to pull it down, and he's got both eyes coming out of one eye socket. And then you know, and then okay, it works. Big deal, right? I mean, you know, he could see. It wasn't like he was blind. But it was just like the whole time, you're like, dude, straighten, straighten it out. Like you almost wanted to reach in the screen and like twist it back where it's supposed to be. Where it's Here, let both me eyes. let me help you, sir. <laughs> now, now he doesn't walk around like that. Then you know when you see him in the other things, obviously it's it's on right. But but it was just so funny. And so that was my cheesy moment. I just I just got it. I was I was just howling. I thought it was so yeah. funny. It's like I don't. I almost picked that. Best. I picked that Turn one as mine too. <laughs> so that was mine. Mine was probably a little less noticeable to some people, but 
when they knock over the Diet Pepsi, when uh, ah, Lori right. gets kidnapped, and it, they show a couple of shots of it at floor level bubbling out where you get a whole can, like the whole fucking can's worth, big puddle, big foot wide puddle in the middle of the floor. But then Joey gets home afterwards, sees the can laying on the on the floor, so he picks it up. The carpet is obviously dry, no big, you know, brown soda pop puddle in, but he grabs a little throw napkin off the table, dabs it at the floor, and then just tosses it. As right. if, like, one little, like, fucking towel with, I, I know, like, my suspension of disbelief is, you know, with a, a spilled soda pop, but I'm just like, c- 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 come on. Couldn't you put right. something on the floor to make the make the shots right. match up? It doesn't right. match up at all. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. It's funny. It's just like, uh, oh, you're going to clean up uh, 12 ounces of soda pop with one little uh, to-go Taco Bell napkin. Okay, I see. What right, you're right. Uh, all cleaned up. <laughs> yep, all tidied up. Uh, it's just kind of like when people, you know, you know, in in movies, you know, uh, put out money on the counter to buy something. They never take the change. They never do an exchange. T- change. They never right, get right. But yeah, that that's this little nitpicky moment with it. So that's my extra cheesy moment of the day. That was good. But, that was yeah. But that being said, we'll go ahead and get into our final thoughts and ratings. You know how we do things around here. Rating on a scale from one to ten, Tom. Well, I'm gonna give this one I'm gonna give this one a big ten. I'm gonna I to me, um, it's one of those movies, you know, usually I'm in the like the eight range with stuff. You know, maybe I get nine. I give I give tens, you know, a lot, but I, I'm gonna give this one a ten. For a few reasons. One, I just liked the movie. I thought it was just a solid story all the way through, even with, you know, some laugher moments. They all have that. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, this particular movie and then seeing where it was filmed and seeing like the whole thing from where I grew up, obviously that plays into it. So, but it, but the movie itself, I really like. That's just a perfect, it, it's such a simple story. It really is. They utilize these these really simple locations, they made it all work out. Uh, it wasn't some big complicated story, yet it was played out like that, like a lot going on with the daughter, you know, that had died and, and everything. But basically, the, and the murders were just, you know, all in this apartment building, you know. Uh, they did have some fucking pretty cool shit, like the fire scene was fucking pretty hot stuff. I mean, no pun intended, but you know what I mean? It was like, fuck, that's right, like, right. That's why that was pretty fucking high bud shit there. You know, I was like, wow, you know, fucking somebody's on the fly, you know. So, I mean, that was a pretty good scene. But, I mean, I'm talking about all the kills, like, pretty much all in that apartment. It was, they, they utilized their locations. They used the, the, the whole little neighborhood. They made it all work. It's a good movie from that time. I thought it was great. And I gave it a 10 because I think it's a solid exploitation flick. And I think they did a great job. I'm I'm coming in close. I can't quite give it a ten. I can't, you know me. I I I hand out tens a lot less than probably right. anybody. But it's so close. Um, I'm giving it a nine and a half. All right. I'm I'm, cool. I'm 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 coming in just a half. Sorry. The the, the two things that I um that I find uh, weird about it is that they don't do a very good job of hiding the fact that Vance Cameron Mitchell is is the killer. And right. I think this is playing his hand way too soon of like having him come in and just like nobody's going to believe that's not not Cameron Mitchell's big fucking head in that ski mask, right? <laughs> and, and as soon and the other problem is you know the the red herring doesn't really plan out pan out very well with Joey being the red herring. I know the cop thinks that you know Joey's the killer, but right. like, 
I, I'm, I'm telling you, nobody that watches this movie, if anybody's ever watched this movie and thinks otherwise, you message me and let me know if you ever right. thought Joey was a fucking killer. Right. So, I don't think anybody did except the lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, the lieutenant. If the lieutenant was just trying to get some it, off the mom. It worked. It worked. Yeah, right. The lieutenant was just wanted mom. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only reason why I give uh, I give it a nine and a half. You know, like I I feel like yeah, I can't quite give it a ten, but damn it, it's it's pretty fucking close. It's, right. it's really I, close. Cameron Mitchell is a really great villain. He does great here, and you know, and I'm partial to Cameron Mitchell as it is since I'm named after the man after. Anyways, uh, but it, I, I like the fact that you know it gives you several kills right off at the beginning. You know, right. it's not like it's not like some movie where you get one or two kills and that's it. This gives you three or four right in a row. Yeah, and they the, open it up right off the bat, man. They open the speaker up like, yeah. here's some kill, here's some killings for you. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's like we're opening up the floodgates. Here you go. How much can you handle? We're going to give you more than you can handle. Right. Uh, I think the blood is all done very well. The gore effects are done very well for 1970, you know, uh, for the 70s. Uh, the fact that he uses a toolbox, you know, for, you know, with the filled with different weapons, never uses the same weapon twice. You know, right. he uses the nail gun, he uses a hammer, he uses a screwdriver, he uses a knife, he uses a different weapon every time. And I kind of like what I, I see a slasher movie or an, even kind of any, you know, movie about a serial killer I, I don't want to see them doing the same thing all the time i like a, right. a variety to my kills and it checks that those boxes right and you know the 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 music i gotta admit you know while i would i didn't make too many notes about the the songs or who sang them and what uh you know what the lyrics were and whatnot the music plays a big factor in this and it it's set very the mood. it set the mood it set the mood for me yeah you know totally. it really did it did it, 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 it I don't know. I can't really explain it. It was just, it just, it brought me back to that time, big time. I know it's really easy to say because it is from that time, but it, it brought that, yeah, just for something about it, it reminded me, I don't know, maybe just being in my old station wagon with my mom and, you know, having AM radio on and having songs like that play. You know, right, like it just, right. I don't know. It just seemed to, it just seemed to fit, you know, it just been, a, and it just kind of, yeah, it, it was different. It, it was a it was a type of thing that you don't see done often in these kind of movies. They usually right. just go with the inti- incidental, you know, score and that kind of theme music. Which the theme music in this is also really really good. But right. it's just like the the songs are playing always having somebody listening to the record player. It's like the one time they had us on a fake out mode was when the mother was working the bar and opening the bar up and she was playing some music on the jukebox. Right. I remember first watching this, thinking, "Well, this is where the mom dies," but nope. Nope, she doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was really good. And I thought the photography was uh, really, really done very well for this era of movie. Most of the time, you know, it's, you know, the sound is a little wonky in places or the shots are kind of shaky or a little, you know, bit fuzzy and out of focus. This The cinematography and the photography in this movie is done really, really well, especially, you know, when they're trying to, you know, dis- disguise, I'm using air quotes here again that you can't see, but, you know, disguise who the killer is. Like, we know right. it's, you know, it's, for the sake of the audience, you know, I, I think most intelligent audience members are going to know who the killer is, but they do a good job, you know, of keeping those first couple kills very ambiguous as to what's going on. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just a notch above and beyond better than most of the movies that we've uh, that we've covered here for Grindhouse Pizzeria, because it's like the photography, the cinematography, the... The acting is is really good. The music, the the effects, it's it's all pretty top notch. It's just that one little notch, you know, it's just a couple little things that I have to take off one little half a point. 
Right. I got but you. That, but that being said, man, this movie, The Chef's Kiss, is that focus pull from the scissors at the end. When that, is, the that is line. good. That's just like, oh, want an extra whipped whip cream on top of your shit? Here right. You go. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was beautiful. That, that worked. That worked really good. That was great. Well, that being said, I think we can stick a pin in this one for the afternoon. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this one as much as uh, as I have. I don't know where we're going to go. I feel like anything we we choose is just going to be downhill from here. I got to. I got to dig it. I feel like anything we're going to cover is going to be at least a little bit of a downhill slide from this one. Yeah, I agree, man. This was a good. <clears throat> this is good nugget. But we got. They're out there. We're going to dig some more up. You Dig some more for you, folks. There's tons yeah. of the movies like this. There's almost infinite amounts, and we'll keep doing them. Yes, sir. But uh, once again, Tom, thanks for taking a chunk out of your Sunday afternoon to record these with me. I appreciate the time and the effort, sir. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure as always. And All right. Now do the next one. Now go and recover from your con- concert. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and relax. <laughs> <laughs> right on, sir. Right on. Well, then fun times, man. We'll do this again soon. And for those of you uh, listening at home, if you want to help us out of the podcast, please, there's a bunch of things you can do that are really, really easy to help us. Click li- click on the links, like, subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, what have you. You know, click on the links Give us a rating, hopefully a five-star one. You know, drop us a review. Give us some suggestions on what you want to see next. All these little things help get our podcast noted and get, you know, get noticed and, you know, get our numbers up and get the the word out there. So if you can help us out that way, we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, once again, thank you for listening to Grindhouse Pizzeria here at Cinema Degeneration. Monday, and you show up Thursday. <laughs>